What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelico. You're listening to the Quick Cage, and Frank, uh, what hopefully a uh, good movie are you going to tell us about tonight? So tonight we're going to discuss um, 1989's black comedy Vampire's Kiss. Hmm. Um, I guess it's a psychological horror comedy, perhaps. I don't know. Um, directed by Robert Bierman, um, stars, uh, Maria Conchito Alonso, Jennifer Beals, and Elizabeth Ashley alongside of Cage. Um, it tells the weird story of, um, Cage's character, uh, Peter Lowe, who's a super aggressive literary agent, um, this, like, almost like prototypical yuppie um, with a real weird accent who slowly goes insane over the course of the movie. Um, It's implied that he might have some sort of like borderline personality disorder or maybe even like a case of like schizophrenia, Um, especially by the end of the movie, although they never come out and say like exactly what he's afflicted with. So he's an asshole like he's the it's a weird like gordon gecko parody done with a faux like romanian accent kind of um if that makes any sense um so he's super aggressive the crux of the beginning of the movie is that he's looking for this old contract um that this this client of theirs has asked for on this short story that was written in the sixties. Um, and he's aggressively making his secretary look for it and continuously like degrading her and telling her that she's worthless and that basically they're going to get sued if they can't find this contract and she's going to get fired. Um, which none of which is true. He's just being like a complete asshole about it. So simultaneously, he's engaged in clubbing activities where he's like randomly betting women. Okay. Um, but one of the women that he beds bites him in the neck and turns him into a vampire, or at least he believes that's what happens. So he then spends the next like majority of the movie <clears throat> like aggressively stalking women to bite them in the neck <laughs> because he's a vampire now um, with his health, like slowly degrading and his mental state, like rapidly degrading. So Maria Conchito Alonso is his therapist. And there's a lot of scenes of him in her office, like talking about his, his feelings and his like how, what's driving him. And um, 
eventually over the course of the whole movie, you kind of get the impression that none of it's real. Um, towards the end, there's a scene where he finds the woman that he believes turned him into a vampire. And she reveals that they dated like years before, but they hadn't talked in a really long time. Um, and, you know, she feels bad for him because he looks awful. And then he freaks out, um, goes crazy and like, he's all sweaty and disheveled and, um, he kidnaps his secretary at one point and then tries to rape her, but she gets away from him. So then she tells her brother and her brother goes to beat him up. So the end of the movie cage is like cage has created a coffin by flipping his sofa upside down and basically setting up books and making it so it like opens and closes like a coffin lid and he sleeps under it. Like it's his coffin. Mm-hmm. And the brother of the secretary, um, Cage is holding a broken piece of a wooden pallet against his chest, and the brother basically like pushes it into Cage's chest, and Cage dies, um, fulfilling his own like delusion that he's a vampire. Um, when in reality, he's just a crazy dude. It is. <laughs> One of the more unhinged cage performances. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did you say? Sweaty and something earlier to describe. Uh, he's sweaty and I can't remember the other adjective you used. Deviled and yeah, but like, that I saw this movie, but it's been since the early '90s, and that's the only image I have is however you described it was exactly just how I picture Cage the entire movie, even if that's not accurate. Like. <clears throat> That's all I remember is like a, a feeling or an image kind of of him. Um, yeah, that's it's it's this weird time period where he's super into some odd like method acting kind of thing, but it's not really method acting. It's like like someone method acting what a method actor would act like if they were like acting. Mm-hmm. So he he has this like he affects this really weird accent that is it, it sounds like it's almost supposed to be like a, a mild Transylvanian accent, <laughs> but he's still got his same voice, so it doesn't come out like that. It just comes out as like this really oddly nasal like vocal fry at points and uh-huh. doesn't even sound like a human being is talking. Um and he's very animated, obviously, during the whole thing. But he's also supposed to be, like, an incredibly handsome and, like, physically attractive man who's able to, like, bed these really attractive women. And so his whole character is, like, super off-putting and just weird. And then, like, when you start to realize that maybe none of the stuff that you're seeing is actually happening as you're seeing it, because he's, um, like, his psychosis or whatever his disease is making him you don't really understand that that's 100% what's happening until towards the end of the movie after he's um, basically gotten thrown out of the club for going crazy and assaulting people and trying to attack this woman Um, they throw him outside and he wanders the streets all night and the next morning um, it cuts to a scene of him like well-dressed and you know quaffed again 
talking to his therapist and then it does quick cuts back and forth when she's talking he looks like you know like like suit and combed hair and clean shaven and then when it cuts back to his answer he's hunched over and sick because he's getting sick from drinking blood because he's biting people in the neck and drinking their blood out of him so he's Uh like getting sick against this building and just like sweet like he looks like like a drug addict or a wino and his words are slurred and he's obviously like not control in control at all mm-hmm. so you get the impression that a lot of maybe what you've seen during especially the middle part of the movie is not real mm-hmm. and that he's just under some kind of like psychotic break where he's having these hallucinations but um it's a really weird movie it's definitely like it was a complete box office failure and like you can see why because like Especially in 1989, where like, what do you really know about Nicolas Cage at that point? Honestly, sure. Um, now, like, why do you think though? I mean, this film—it's chief cult status, right? I mean, yeah, I call it cult. Yeah. Cult. So, I mean, like, why do you think that happened eventually? Like, what do you think shifted that made people latch onto this in such a way? Is it just the kind of like ridiculous overacting? You think, or do you think it's the story? Or no, I I, I think part of it is that like. So I rented this movie because I thought it was a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I really knew him from at that point of anything. So let's say that I didn't really know who he was at that point. Um, there's a ton of nudity in it. So as like a teenage kid, like you're drawn to that. And then on top of that, it's just weird. Like, and there's some funny parts to it. Like it's got a good sense of humor, but there's some really like uncomfortable and off-putting parts that kind of like throw you off and it's it's really kind of intriguing so i think that as nick cage got more popular it's one of those things where you're like hey have you ever seen vampires kiss and you're like talking to somebody and they're like nah and they're like oh let's rent it and then you watch it and everybody's like holy shit like what the fuck is this movie and as you get older i think that it becomes just more perplexing like how the movie exists or whatever i don't know like I don't know. It's a movie that I don't know if you could ever recommend this movie to anyone unless you really knew like what their tastes were. But I think it's a movie that a lot of people would get some enjoyment from watching. So I would say that like if you have the chance to watch it and it's free on Prime right now or on some semblance of Prime, I don't know. Shutter. Um, is it Shutter? It's Shutter. Yeah. Right. It I it came up on my Prime thing when I was looking. So. Yeah. Um, like if you have you know the hour and a half to kill, like it's definitely worth watching. But I don't know if you'll enjoy it. Like I think it really depends on how much you can put up with one of the most completely annoying, off-putting characters like ever put to film, like fucking like Pauly Shore or um, what's his name? Yahoo Serious level. <laughs> Like so purposefully, it's like aggressively it's, annoying. Might be the first time Yahoo series has ever been mentioned on one of our podcasts. Well, <laughs> it might be the last. Um, but yeah, it's but it's crazy and it, it's really entertaining. I mean, like, especially once you start to kind of question the whole reality of everything. Um, like it makes it a lot more interesting and unfortunately that's the last like 15 minutes of the movie although 
to their credit, like they really do hold off on that reveal long enough where you kind of question at some point, like, is this guy actually maybe like a vampire? You right. Because he, he really is sort of. <clears throat> well, what I, I mean, one, it, one thing I find interesting about your description, because I don't remember the movie. I do remember him dying at the end. I remember kind of like an image of him, but um, a lot of what you described, I don't really remember that strongly. <clears throat> but I, I do find it interesting just hearing you summarize it. How closely in a macro way it resembles um american psycho yeah i it's it's in a very, in a very in bro- fair bones macro way like he's a much less hmm, i don't even know how to say this it, it is like there's a lot of similarities to it in that sense of like the era of conspicuous consumption and the guy who seems to be in complete control and has no trouble getting women, but is like ultimately, I mean, even before he thinks he's a vampire, he's an emotional vampire because he's like sleeping with women and then never calling him back. You know, he's like definitely like a Lothario and like not a good person. And you really, feel like he's not like he has people that will talk to him because of circumstance and because they work with him but you feel like he doesn't have any friends that he's just kind of like this lonely like empty guy who's right pushed all of himself into this career where he just gets off like lording over people um and you know taking advantage of really attractive women and having like random sexual partners and so part of it does kind of feel like um, he like it's almost like symbolically like him his brain punishing him for being such a terrible person mm. Um, I don't know but it's really good and really entertaining and I really enjoyed it to use really for the third time as an adjective um, extremely yeah very no, I'll just stick with the repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a bad, it's like, it, it's a completely insane performance. And honestly, watching it, you can see why he was offered some of the more outlandish roles that he was offered over the course of his career. Because looking back at it, you, you know, and it really is this and Peggy Sue got married. And I think that maybe somebody might have talked to him and said, like, look, you need to tone this shit down because like people aren't going to work with you if you're a complete asshole all the time um and apparently like we talked about this when we did piggy sue um not very well liked by you know his fellow cast members and what i read it's the same thing here um during the filming of these movies i think that he's kind of mellowed himself a lot do you know anything about so i'm just looking at that time period do you know anything about his reception with the coen brothers and raising arizona have you heard any stories about that at all? No. Uh-uh. Okay. I that's that's a similar performance too, though, where it's like he's just affecting this really weird. It's like it feels like he's trying to do an accent, but it's like not an accent as a result. Like it's just almost like an alien pretending to be a human 
saying human things, maybe. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because so, it does seem like he tries to take on more serious roles after this. Um, which with the movies we haven't talked about, which I'm interested to get to those um, at some point, because I've never seen either of them. Time to Kill and Firebirds. Um, and it seems like they're slightly more serious roles. And then he does Wild at Heart, and <clears throat> after that, but. Yeah, I wonder if that advice did stick with him, maybe. Like, where he tried to, like, tone it down and go do something slightly more serious and where he's not over the top. or I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, it's um absolutely one of the better movies I've watched of his in the past month-ish plus. So, yeah. you know. That's good. No, it's nice to hear you actually say positive things so, <laughs> about yeah, one it of was, these movies. It was, it was cool to watch a movie and... um not feel like awful about myself afterwards so i missed that feeling a couple interesting things um just like doing very quick research is the writer of this uh joseph minion maybe this got made um because he had just written uh after hours a few a couple years before this um the scorsese movie um doesn't really seem to do much of note um after that um again but um these are the two major things to his credit say after hours and this the other thing i thought uh noticed was um the girl i guess that he's with in the beginning um rachel yeah in this movie um is cassie uh casey lemons um who ended up going on to direct um east bayou and has been uh you know mm. moderately successful um uh, black director um, who uh, I guess her biggest movie now probably is Harriet um, that she did a couple years ago but um, East Bayou is really good yeah it is she's a, she a real attractive lady too yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um, so yeah. yeah so mostly Thanks. positive review Okay, so what's the what's the score of the movie and what's the score of the cage performance? Um, uh, it's a is it like an NA or something. <laughs> no, nah, it's 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 a solid seven out of ten cage performance. Um, the movie itself, it, I would say like a seven and a half out of ten. Like it's it's a solid B minus okay. movie. It's definitely not perfect, and it's definitely rooted in its own time in the sense that it feels like an 80s movie. It looks like an 80s movie. It sounds like an 80s movie. You know what I mean? You, in a vacuum, if you watch this movie without knowing anything about it, you would, if you know about film, you would definitely, you would place it square where, you know, where it came from. The, the fashion the slang, the music that they're listening to, like everything about it is just very blatantly 1980s. And then it's also kind of timeless at the same time because like it's so weird that it still works, you know? I mean, it's it's an odd relic of the late 80s. And I think probably because of his later success and uh, like a claim in other roles, I think 
most likely has kind of pushed it into the shadows of history in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, um, plus, it's meme to death, right? This is one of those ones that the cage faces comes from, right? Yeah, there's two very specific cage faces, including one where he's kind of has his head like cocked back so his chin is out. Yeah. But he's recessed his eyes mm-hmm. I know so much because like he's bugging them out and he's like got his mouth mm-hmm. halfway open, but just his top teeth are kind of jutting out. Like, yes, yeah. that's the. Uh huh. That's the big one that they meme all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I found interesting here, um, <clears throat> which this will be a tie-in um, here in a few months, uh, but Dennis Quaid was originally over this role. Did you see that? No, I didn't, but that's funny. Uh, and he passed. Um, that's when they uh, casted Cage, and he passed to go do Space. <clears throat> well, I'm indifferent to that fact. <laughs> yes, you are. Um <clears throat> But yeah, that's I, I. Could you see Dennis Quaid doing this role? Uh, no. Hmm. I do not think that Dennis Quaid would have been good in this role. Okay. I don't know that anyone else. I okay. So could I see him doing it? Sure. But I think it would have made this movie much more pedestrian than it ends up being. Gotcha. Definitely much less interesting because. But I don't know. It, it, I think it. I think anybody but Cage completely changes the tenor of this movie and makes it something entirely other than what it is. I mean, Cage makes this movie a hundred percent his own, and as crazy as it is, it really is kind of a tour de force performance. Like it's 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 something to behold because the man firmly invests himself in the character and just the mannerisms and the like it it feels like early Jim Carrey sometimes like in the elasticity of his um his features and his body language and his ability to just like move quickly and feel like menacing but goofy at the same time it's 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 a very unique and very I think inimitable performance and I don't know that anybody else could have done it. So I think that while other, someone else could have been in the role, I really feel that it would have changed the entire movie in a lot of respects, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. I have one last question for you. Okay. Maria Conchita Alonso. Um, here's your top movies and I want you to tell me which one's the best one. Um, a Fine Mess. Um, do you know what that movie is? I don't know. Blake Edwards movie um, from 86 starring Ted Danson and Howie Mandel. Um, it's American, American It's American comedy. You wouldn't have seen it probably. Um, Look, I like Blake Edwards just fine. Fuck yourself. I didn't know Blake Edwards directly until just now. It was a movie that I watched when I was seven years old like a lot on HBO. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Running Man. Colors. Uh, Vampire's Kiss, Predator 2, that's pretty much it. So, Running Man, Colors, Vampire's Kiss, and Predator 2. So, what's her best? Yeah, what's the best movie out of those? 
This is the best movie. Okay. Uh, okay. This might be my favorite movie out of those. I'm a fan of Predator 2. I know that's probably that's not really a popular opinion, but I, I like Predator 2 just fine. Mm-hmm. Um and I have a lot of affection for Running Man, even though it's not a very good movie. Like I I, I enjoy it still. I um I hate that character in Running Man, like her character. Yeah, like so I, much. She's fine. She's attractive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I said that she was the therapist. She's not the therapist. She's the Is she? What the fuck is she in that? She's movie? a therapist, yeah. According to Wikipedia, she's a therapist. No, no, no. She's the um secretary. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes Hold more on. sense because she's really attractive the secretary. Hold on. Oh no, there it is. Elizabeth Ashley is the right. Okay. Yeah, I got him confused. Um yeah. I'm not a big fan of colors, personally. I think colors is the white man's burden answer to things like juice and boys in the hood. Right. Um so yeah, so I would say that this is the best and my favorite. But Okay. I mean I, I'm fine I was just wondering. I was just wondering. Yeah. It's just the... I think Predator 2 really is unfairly maligned, though, in a lot of ways. Ah, uh, I don't know. I have not watched that since it was on VHS, like, when it first came out. And um, I really didn't like that movie as a child, but I've never seen it since. It's just so different from Predator. Like, it's it's such a departure tonally and visually. But the whole idea of the Predators in the city, it's it's a pretty cool idea, I think. Like, I... Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a problem with the premise. I don't think I have a problem with the premise at all. I, I, you know what? Every time I see every the couple of times I've seen bits of Saul after seeing it originally and seeing how bad Danny Glover is in that, and to you know his credit, like Danny Glover's a great actor. Um, he's really bad in Saul, and but everybody's really bad in Saul. Um, but he it reminds me of Predator too, like in terms of his acting, his Saul performance. Yeah, it's true. Feels really clunky and like kind of like over the top and stuff like that. I don't think he's good at acting in things that aren't grounded in reality, though. I think that might be part of his problem. Yeah, I like can maybe see that. somehow he feels that there needs to be. He needs to unground himself to like fit in with what's around him, whereas he should be doing the opposite. He should be mm-hmm. being the most like grounded part of the movie. So that the fantastical stuff is like cast in reflection against him or something. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Though, like, I yeah, think I, that, like, I, I, that yeah. would be better. Yeah. And instead, I yeah. think he like unhinges himself in some ways. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. So, uh, if I could just take one minute, uh, have you ever seen a movie called Internal Affairs from 1990 with Richard Gere and Andy Garcia? <sighs> You know, I saw that movie on Prime pop up the other day or somewhere. Yeah. Okay, I so can't remember if I've seen it or not. So I was the idiot that watched this um, tonight, um, and I just need to like quickly say that this movie is fucking trash. Um, 
and it has like a pretty high score from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a lower score from audiences. Um, but like Richard Gere's performance is like uh, uh, you know, touted in this, and it's not good. I think it's only because he's playing against type because he's playing the villain. Um, Andy Garcia, like I understand why he failed out of acting because Andy Garcia is just a fucking brick. Um, he has no ability to like show like complex emotion. And I swear he's just the guy who's trying to mimic Al Pacino as much as he can. Um, and when he does try to act, um, the best thing about this movie was Lori Metcalf and she probably has about 12 minutes of screen time. Uh, this movie's terrible, and don't ever watch it. <clears throat> okay, no problem. And you know I how see- I like my crime thrillers and stuff like that. Fuck this movie. Right. You know <laughs> how I don't really care about them, so I, uh, right, right. I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bad movie. Now I want to watch A Fine Mess again, though. Um, now that I know Blake Edwards directed that, and I want to like go back and like revisit that. Why? So you can hate it because you hate Blake Edwards? No. I, don't. I loved A Fine Mess when I was a kid. It's probably really bad. I can't you imagine anything with Harry Mandel is good. I can't imagine. Richard Mulligan's in that movie, though, and I, I, I don't remember this movie well enough to know that, but that's interesting. Love Richard Mulligan. So I'm glad this is positive, Frank. Um, it put me in a better mood by the end of it. That's good. Put me in a better mood <laughs> watching it. I'm glad. Um... So back to the depressing stuff next week, probably. No, no, no. I watched another good one. So oh, okay. Next, Fantastic. Next good as well. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be two in a row. Okay, right. Because I think we made it to four once, right? Four positives in a row. I think so. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta ride those waves. Right. Yeah. Up or down. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and I have a feeling that like just looking at that filmography every week, it's like it's just at some point it's gonna go down. It's gonna go down hard. Yes, <laughs> I've I've saved some things that I would like to talk about. Movies that I either appreciated for one reason or another, or I think will be enjoyable. But yeah, yeah, there's it's like some- as we're over the hump and we're on the downhill slide of the quick cage. Like I have a feeling we're gonna get to seventy, and it's just gonna fucking plummet. <laughs> um. Plummet. It might have already. It, I mean, how much further can you fall when you get to a certain point? Right. What do they say? Hell is a bottomless pit, right? It's like when the fucking void stares back or whatever, I guess. <laughs> um, All right. Well, we'll, we'll you know, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a couple movies coming out this year that I really wanted to see. So, yeah. There will at least be at least like seven. Yeah, hopefully, it's better than Jujitsu. Right. Oh my god, that movie was so bad. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about this week? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, another positive one next week, and hopefully, we'll um, we'll this will be continue starting a new streak, and uh, we'll all be okay for a bit. So, thank you for listening. Have a good night. Yep. Have a good night. <laughs>